Welcome to Behind the Screens. This is a podcast series where Danske Commodities experts give you an inside look at some of the current market trends and business trends in energy trading. My name is Jens Østergaard and I'll be the host throughout this series with me in the studio today is one of our in-house meteorologists and the head of our team of meteorologists, Kim Benson. Well, I was actually hired as an experiment. Uh, the job description was something like, uh, find out if there's something we can use you for in this company. Welcome to you, Kim. Thank you. Maybe you would uh, like to start by explaining what is it exactly uh, you do here at Danske Commodities? Well, um, in Danske Commodities as such, we uh, try uh, trade uh, energy, and energy can be both gas and power. The reason for that to be interesting when it comes to weather is that uh, a lot of the energy, especially when it, it comes to the power as such, is, is produced by some means of weather, let's put it like that. So that means that solar panels, well, they're fueled by, let's call it weather. Uh, We have wind turbines, obviously that's weather dependent dependent as well. And then we have hydropower in, uh, in, especially in the Alps or just let's call it mountain regions. But for us, it's uh, the Alps and, uh, and the Nordic region. So a lot of power production is depending on weather. And uh, therefore, it is interesting in a trading company. So, uh, so your role uh, when it comes to to the weather and uh, and power training, you're not training yourself, no. uh, but uh, but uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what your role is then in in the company? Well, my role. Well, you introduced me as head of meteorology, so of course, as uh, some administration as well. But that's the, let's call it the boring part. The interesting part is, of course, the weather forecasting, and we do it in in several different levels. The the point of having a meteorologist instead of just looking at all of the actually quite good data that that is provided already is that the the forecasting models that are used you can see them in television hear them in radio they they are of course good they're getting better and better but they're not perfect so that means we have or we are a trading in a market that has some information about what happens but if i can be just slightly better on on forecasting uh, actually forecasting the forecasts slightly better in in saying what the models will do we can actually be slightly better in the market so just as trading everything else it's about knowledge and knowing what is going to happen perhaps slightly before it is going to happen so if you could describe a a, a day in the office for a meteorologist at uh, danske commodities what does that look like well first of all uh, we come in quite early um We actually didn't start to do so, but we found out pretty soon that if the market typically starts at eight, we need a few hours to prepare. Um, we can't just sit down, say a lot of uh, clever things. We actually have to look at some weather maps, some data, what happened yesterday, a lot of stuff like that. So typically I start around six o'clock in the morning and then I look at a lot of different types of data. Mainly for a meteorologist, it is looking at maps Uh, these maps are all produced by forecasting weather models, so that's uh, something made somewhere else, uh, not something we do in-house, but it is a very graphical interface looking at these maps and getting an opinion about what is going to happen. Then 
the next step is to look at the translations from these maps into data and then see, okay, let's take, for instance, uh, wind in Germany next weekend. What is going to happen there? What is the forecast uh, right now? And do I believe in this? And typically we are in a situation where either the situation is quite well forecasted or we have a trend of something else perhaps happening. So I can provide the traders with an estimate of, well, this is the most likely scenario. This is what could also happen. And then perhaps if I'm uh, in a really good mood that day, I could, uh, I could provide some kind of percentages of what is going to happen. It sounds a bit geeky. It actually is. But uh, when you've just tried to, to make that call correct a few times, it's actually quite satisfying. You talk about uh, whether data, could you go into more detail about what, what kind of data uh, it is you're looking at? Well, um, again, we are actually not producing that many weather data ourselves. We typically purchase them. And weather data is, well, I mentioned these weather models. It's uh, you take observations for, for all over the globe, put them into a, a very advanced model, and then uh, it's mathematics, all of it. And then you get some kind of idea of what is going to happen. That is, of course, a, a global model, but you can take it out for different points. You can add them up. You can do a lot of different stuff with it. But what I get is typically, let's take again the, the example with, uh, with German wind. Uh, if we have uh, next hour, something like that, we have uh, a lot of wind being produced, but we know that it's exactly 32 gigawatts point something. Uh, that's the kind of data we have. But we have them... For all countries, we actually have them for all of the turbines we are administering ourselves in all of these countries. We have uh, data from different kind of these weather models. We have weather models updating every six hours, some of them actually f every 15 minutes. And that adds up to quite a lot of data if you uh, multiply the amount of countries with the amount of updates and, and so on. So it's a huge amount of data. Um, and, and that means that I cannot, of course, in my head handle all of these data. That's why I turn everything into a graphical picture of what is going to happen. So I can understand why you, why you need a couple of hours every morning to, uh, to go through this. Yeah. Um, What is a good day uh, for a meteorologist in a trading company? Well, uh, a good day could be twofold. It shouldn't be uh, a secret that trading, of course, you have to trade right, and that trade should go the right direction. If you're losing money, it's not a good day. So I should give some kind of advice that makes the trader a better trader and, of course, uh, makes some money on, on these different trades. The typical day is actually that I do a lot of different forecasts for a lot of different countries in a lot of different categories. So I could give a very good wind forecast and a poor uh, forecast on solar. But the good day is the day where I have, of course, more uh, wins than, than losses, but also a day where I actually make a difference. So that's the operational stuff. Um, what we also do spend quite a lot of time on, and I actually have some people looking at that full-time, is to find some kind of trend in all of these data that is not just obvious by looking at a weather map. So a good day could also be that we manage to find uh, a new trend in all of these data. 
that we managed to find something that actually looks promising or, or is, is shows to be promising that we can then use in our future trading. So it, it can be different stuff that makes it uh, a good day. If we look back, you've been here for, for quite some years uh, yeah. now. Uh, if you look back at uh, f- four or five years back, uh, how was your job then? How has it evolved since uh, since then? Well, I was actually hired as an experiment. Uh, the job description was something like, uh, find out if there's something we can use you for in this company. Uh, of course, people were hiring me because they had an idea that weather was probably important, uh, whether data was already being used, but whether the uh, the use of a meteorologist was worth something was not really obvious at that time. Uh, so since we are now six people uh, looking at weather, um, I would say that that we have kind of proven that looking at the weather from uh, as a meteorologist has has proven to to gain some kind of value. Um, so that of course has changed. It has changed that from proving that it is worth being here. Now we are part of the trading simply. So now we are at a daily part of what the trader is looking at a daily part of of the traders routine so we are an integrated part of the trading team of course as you mentioned to to start um, we are not trading ourselves uh, but we are still part of the trading so being an integrated integrated part of that trading means that we can can know a lot more of, of what is going on and sometimes that means that from just being a, a weatherman just telling about the weather, what we actually thought was happening. Now we are part of the discussions of how the trader will trade a, a different or a, some kind of scenario. So we are much more part of the trading than we were uh, early on. And you are physically placed uh, on the trading floor as well. We are physically placed very close to the traders. We are so close that they can, they can always shout, uh, hey, Kim, what is going on? And we are able to shout back or go to the table and say, well, I think this and this is going to happen or I don't know what's going to happen, something like that. So we are part of the trading um, as, as it is uh, today. I'd like to take you back to uh, to the uh, the heat wave, Lucifer, or maybe the cold spell that was called Beast from the East. When we have these... Uh, major weather events where yes. the weather changes drastically. How does that affect your your job? The uh, beast from the east and the the major uh, heat, uh, long uh, heat we had was last year. Uh, it affects us quite a lot, both when we are seeing it or when we are not seeing it. So something like that is, of course, very important that we find the extremes as it is because. Uh, trading uh, power has to do with knowing what is going on. And in my line of work, it is, of course, what's going on with the weather. And something like the Beast from the East, as you mentioned, uh, it actually wasn't that cold for that long, but it was just uh, around 14 days in different parts of Western Europe that suddenly led to a lot of more consumption uh, of power, but it also led to uh, suddenly a lot more gas was used both for producing power, but also for heating up houses, both in in, uh, in the UK or in, in most of Western Europe. And that of course, meant that power prices and gas prices went up. 
So uh, predicting that meant a lot. Luckily for her, for us, we were actually on the the, the take as soon as some of the models were indicating this that this could actually go uh, go into a situation where it could be quite critical. Um, so so being on top of the situation is uh, is very important and. These two events, that and then the major heat wave in uh, in the summer of 2018, they meant quite a lot for us. Um, the, the funny thing is that actually the, the heat wave of 2018, most people, they remember nice summer weather. They remember it was warm. And yes, it meant something for, for the power prices. But what was even more important actually for, for people in Scandinavia was that it was quite dry in uh, in the uh, in, in Norway especially, so that meant that they actually uh, they didn't have much hydro or much water to produce any power in in Norway and Sweden. So even though we were just feeling nice summer weather, it was warm, but it wasn't actually extreme. It was extreme length of warmth, if you could put it like that. Then the power prices were really impacted both by the heat but also by the lack of um, possibility to produce power by water. So it wasn't just one thing. It was a lot of parameters that impacted power. So that was pretty interesting. Looking ahead, uh, from seen from your chair, how do you see uh, meteorology and, and also your job uh, evolving over the, the next uh, couple of years? It's actually a bit funny. Uh, when I started almost 20 years ago as a meteorologist, uh, people were anxious about the weather models getting better and better. There were no reason to have a meteorologist looking at this. We would probably, all of us, just be weathermen trying to to uh, decipher what was in the models, and that was it. The funny thing is that, especially during the past uh, 10 or perhaps 5 years, I've rather seen that even though the weather models are getting better and we are getting smarter and smarter in forecasting the weather, the impact of not being correct is actually larger today than it was just five or ten years ago. That has to do with a lot of these solar panels, the wind power, but also the hydropower production. So we are getting more and more dependent on the weather. So even though the weather models are getting better and better, my job is actually, well, as I see it, safe for at least five or ten years because um, the impact is actually that much larger. So the interest in looking at weather, especially in the energy business, is actually getting, well, people are getting more and more interested in, in looking at this. And I also see that, uh, well, it is my impression that more and more companies are hiring in meteorologists to, to get a bit smarter on what is happening in, in the markets. Kim Benson, thank you very much for joining me here today. You are welcome. It's always a pleasure. You have been listening to Behind the Screens, a podcast series that's created by energy trading house Danske Commodities. With this series, we want to give you an inside look into the world of energy trading and the latest market trends. Be sure to catch the next episode of Behind the Screens to learn more about how the energy trading business works.